podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alfstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk about the win against the Tennessee Titans on the road, uh, pushing the Seahawks to 8-7 and seven on the season, currently the seventh seed in the NFC. If uh, the score of the Lions-Minnesota Vikings uh, holds, we'll check in on that after a bit. Um, interesting, uh, fun game. Seahawks win 20-17. to Geno leads a 14-play drive with um, little time on the clock at the end of the game, basically, to kind of close this thing out. Seattle's defense comes up big, holds the Titans, uh, ends up with a couple of sacks there on their final drive and a big stop on uh, on on the final play where uh, Tariq Woolen uh, hits Hopkins, uh, forcing him to, to go out of bounds backwards, which uh, allows the clock to run out on the Titans, and Seattle comes away with the win. Now, with all that said, uh, we went through a very frustrating first half of football. I checked in on Twitter. Uh, all of you guys out there in the Twitter verse were basically losing your minds, wondering where this Seahawk team was, who was going to show up if they were, uh, calling out Shane Waldron for play calling, uh, calling out the, the coaching staff, calling out the players' ability to be ready to play. The physicality seemed to overwhelm the Seahawks at times on the, especially the defensive line, and it just felt like. Seattle was maybe not even interested in winning this game at times in that first half. And then the second half, things started to kind of come together a little bit. The offense played uh, a little bit better. The The uh, run game came together when it needed to. Big plays down the stretch, and the, the defense finally came up and, and made some stops. So all in all, it's a win, and winning in the NFL is hard, and uh, we're, we're still on track. Uh, hopefully the fans will stick with this thing because I know it's frustrating. Uh, but if you've been around football long enough, you know that there are just games like this where you just got to find a way and Seattle does. And, um, welcome in Keith. Hope you enjoyed the game. Uh, at times frustrating. We shared those frustrations, but, uh, here we are. Yeah. I mean, there were some frustrations early on, but the, the um, both sides of the ball kind of picked it up in the second half did better. Um, I mean, had a hard time stopping the run, but that's what Tennessee does, does best. And, uh, they only gave up 120 net passing yards. And when you do that, you're going to win most of the time. So, uh, good job on Seattle to do what they got to do to come up with a win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I made a call, uh, in our, uh, warm up uh, to this game, our, our last show, I said, uh, I had a feeling that uh, Mafe would get an opportunity to show out in this game, especially with a weak uh, left side on the Tennessee Titans. And sure enough, Mafe came through with a couple of sacks, one in that last drive that I thought um, was certainly a difference maker in this game. And uh, six sacks overall. Bobby Wagner had a sack, Jerron Reed um, and others 
Drake Jones uh, just, had one. Yeah, just fantastic, really. Um, now, defending the run, that was where the challenge was uh, for this team all day long. Derrick Henry's just a beast. Tannehill had a couple of runs where he extended drives, made things difficult. Spears had some good runs as well as some catches out of the backfield that put the pressure on this defense. And Seattle wasn't up to the challenge for most of this game, quite honestly, until the last couple of drives where we kind of slowed them down. We only allowed Tennessee to score seven points after the half. They were up 10 to three at halftime. Seattle scores 17 in the second half to pull away. So that's the difference in this game, really. Uh, big plays down the stretch. Tyler Lockett had a number of catches. Uh, I think eight catches, uh, Keith, for over 80 yards. Uh, DK Metcalf came up big with a touchdown uh, that Pete uh, Carroll had to waste a challenge on. I thought was just criminal uh, that uh, that wasn't called a touchdown uh, and then open for review after that, which is fine. But to, to have to use a challenge on a pretty clear play uh, was very frustrating. Um, but all in all, I'll take it. I'll take the win. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, uh, there were a couple of, um, like that felt weird that they had to, to review that the Tyler Lockett catch on the touchdown drive. It felt weird that they needed to review that. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how the Bobo catch that Pete threw a, the challenge flag on in the first half didn't end up, Absolutely. uh, didn't end up getting reversed. And, and that it was just a weird day. Um, from the officiating point of view, um, <clears throat> I get why they called the pass interference on Trey Brown because of what it looked like. But man, you go back and rewatch that play and yeah, literally he just got ran over. Yeah. When you get a player that just sprints into your chest, what are you supposed to do? I, I get it. Cause they kind of got slightly tangled up and he, he twisted around a little bit in changing direction at the same time he was kind of impacted. Um, but I thought that should have been a no call play yeah um, i get why it was but it could have gone the other way and i wouldn't have felt any different had it gone in in favor of us it was just one of those you can call it either way and i i you know it was it it added to the frustration because there were already some frustrating calls against seattle at that point in the game and it just really extended that tennessee drive and um when it, when it maybe shouldn't have so now I got a question for you. So uh, this had to have been frustrating to watch the offense, uh, you know, some of this uh, game. Uh, but Geno Smith finished with a nice game, really, when you take a look, especially adding that that last drive in there. 25 of 36, 226 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I don't have his QBR or his uh, quarterback rating, but I would imagine his quarterback rating is well over 100 in this game. Not a lot of mistakes. Not a lot of mistakes, didn't force the ball, didn't force things in general. I thought he took a few sacks he maybe shouldn't have taken. To, um, That's but the Gino thing. I'll take, I'll take this performance, though, mm -hmm. uh, especially a game-winning drive at the, at the end. There's two game-winning drives in a row, one by Locke, one by Smith in the last two games uh, to kind of keep our playoff hopes alive. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'll take this performance. Like, there were a couple sacks that he shouldn't have taken that I thought, you know, were just entirely on him. And there were a couple of throws that were just off target. And if he gets those, like they extend drives and whatnot, 
but he ended up completing, you know, 69.4% of his passes, um, you know, 227 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, right. Didn't turn the ball over. So, uh, honestly, I'll, I'll take it. That was the Titans had a good game plan on how to handle Gino. Um, got a lot of pressure up the middle, really caused him some trouble, but you know, Gino ended up playing well. Uh, I'll take it. Um, what I won't take though, is the 2.9 yards per carry average by the running game. That's just, that's not going to get it done. 20 runs for 58 yards. Wow. That surprises me actually that we ran the ball 20 times. I, I, it felt more like 12. Um, it was it was just difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, hats off to Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee played it. Uh, they wanted to take the run away from us, and and it, it showed. Uh, I th- I did twenty four of those yards uh, of the fifty eight came on one play. I didn't think that Shane Waldron called a good game, knowing that Tennessee was going to try to stop the run against us. I thought we we should have had a a little bit more of a quick passing game implemented right from the beginning although i did want us to to basically try to to run the ball i thought that you know getting into trouble early in this game on especially on first and second down uh by by forcing uh, some incompletions uh and and having us go third and long um didn't feel right but but then again uh they were stacking the box and, and inviting us to throw so they were able to get it done i thought at the line of scrimmage i think Tennessee beat us most of this game on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage, I thought. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. They really did. They just, they outmuscled Seattle up front. Um, Seattle just had more talent overall. That's really what it comes down to it. Just a better team overall. Um, one thing that, uh, we're, while we're talking about Seattle's offense, like, did it not feel in the second half that if, the CX got a first down that it was Tyler Lockett catching the ball. Yeah. I mean, I know that um, Bobo had yes. one and Parkinson had yeah. the touchdown and whatnot, but man, it just felt like every pass on third down went to Tyler Lockett for a first down. Yeah. I think that he probably had, you know, he had eight receptions, 81 yards. And I, I bet you seven of those went for on third down conversions. Yeah. And, and Seattle did pretty decent today on third down. In fact, that last drive, we had three third down conversions on the last drive to, to go to Kobe Parkinson and the, uh, for the touchdown. Um, and, uh, I think in the, overall in the seven second, of 13, that's not too bad. Mm-mm. That's over 50%. I mean, anytime you're, you're going to do that as an offense, you're giving yourself a chance to win. Yeah. Um, and ex- extend drives. Um, yeah, I, DK Metcalf, I thought played well. Uh, fought through some contested catches, uh, had a had a great touchdown. Um, Kobe Parkinson's touchdown at the end, uh, I thought was terrific for him. Uh, if you really took a look at that replay, his where was the arms defensive pass interference up. on both of those plays, though? Like that's true. DK that's didn't true. catch that one handed out of choice. He <laughs> it one his hand was wrapped up was from back. the time that he crossed the goal line. To, to to bringing that catch in that was past yeah. interference for like four and then yards. like uh parkinson was getting mauled and it didn't matter he's just bigger and stronger than the other guy but still like both of those you know you watch the replay and you're like how did that nick not get called it just felt weird 
They did call the the pass interference though to to get the ball down at the five to the five yard line. Um, I thought it was a good call. It's tough, you know, if you're Tennessee, it's tough to have your team called for pass interference uh, with the game on the line at the five yard line, giving a team, you know, four opportunities to score in first and goal situation. But yeah, it but was the only legit. reason that DK Metcalf would have had that ball had he not been touched. Yeah. And the um, uh, the only reason Tennessee had the lead there was because of the Trey Brown one. So not a lot of sympathy. Um, <laughs> like I said, it was just a it was just right. an oddly officiated game. And I'm not going to say that it was like very anti Seattle because I don't think it was. I think it was poorly called both ways. Um, very inconsistent in terms of what they called um, a bunch of miss false starts. Uh, on both teams, I don't know. Yeah, just as a thing. So, um, Tariq Woolen came back and started this game after Jackson uh, came in last week. Now, Jackson still played uh, quite a few different snaps. Don't have snap counts on him, but I saw him actively in there mm-hmm. at times. And Kobe Bryant played a lot in this game. I thought he gave up some 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 passes, but also made some nice sure tackles as well. Um, Devin Bush was in there after. Um, the Brooks injury. Brooks Brooks went down with an ankle. Yeah. Uh, Artie Burns again was in there and uh, had eight total tackles. He had a, a really kind of a bad um play there at close to the end zone where he extended a drive for for tennessee where he pushed off a little bit i get that though he was being pushed the entire time and he, he retaliated and that's what they saw um and his push really wasn't even that big of a deal the other player completely flopped and got the call so um, that is part of the reason why i think why tennessee was able to run the ball so effectively is um Bush is a guy who's better in coverage than against the run. Uh, and sorry. Yeah. Bush is Brooks is the other way around. He's better against the run. And, you know, to make that a, you'd be required to make that substitution because of um, injury meant you weren't having your best uh, run stuffing group in there. And then you, you, on top of that, you, the CX were trying to to minimize the um, the impact of losing one of their middle linebackers, so they went to more nickel. They played more um, cornerbacks, which isn't going to help you against a two hundred and forty <laughs> pound running back like Derrick yeah. Henry. So um, fifty, yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's just huge. Yeah, there there was certainly some uh, some losses at the line of scrimmage. I thought our interior uh, defense uh, really got whipped in this game quite a bit. Um, they came through with with getting to the quarterback and pressuring and quarterback hits, but gave up a little bit on defending the run. Of course, you're gonna Derrick Henry's a load. I mean, he just is. Even when you make a play and and you're in a position to to make a tackle for a short gain, he still trucks you for four or five yards. It's, it's oh, yeah, there was a, like there was one play where Bobby Wagner um, was in position to make a tackle out about a, after about a four yard gain. And Henry ended up getting 11 because he just drove through Wagner, Wagner got him down, but you just don't see that. I mean, 
Bobby Wagner does not get bowled over like that. And that's, it was crazy. Uh, but that will give you an idea of what trying to tackle Derrick Henry's. Like. Yeah. Derrick Henry's has been one of my favorite non Seahawk players in this league for years. Um, just because of that. Like mm-hmm. if, if there was a, another player that I could steal and put onto our team, it would have been Derrick Henry about three or four years ago. Um, because he's, he's a monster. Okay. So what are your impressions without really looking at the stats or specifics on what happened to this team on opening, uh, kickoff and just kind of the, the opening half, uh, to start this game? I don't know. I had, um, a hard time, like just kind of figuring that out. It looked like they were kind of still asleep and they were just like still out there warming up and the game had started. They just, there wasn't that sense of urgency. There wasn't that. It was like, it was a walkthrough at times and you can't play at the NFL um, like that. And they just got, I thought it was on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. The offense had no urgency as well. um, And played like they were, uh, had the lead or played like they were the Tennessee Titans and came in with five wins and just didn't have any urgency, didn't have any um, uh, playoff intensity. There was no fight or fire. I, I just didn't see it. Now, in the second half, I thought they come, came together a little bit more, a L- little bit more urgency on the, on the offense. thought they sustained some drives um, and, and put some things together. Um, and then you had some, some key stops and key sacks uh, on the defense, uh, they, they still were able to successfully run the ball on us, but in a close game, um, when, when it came down to it on third down, Seattle was able to get some stops and that was kind of the difference. I thought it in, in the end, but it took a while. You're right. It took a while for them to kind of wake up and, and get into it a little bit. Now, I don't know whether that's on the players or it's on the coaches, not getting them ready to play, but yeah, it was, that was tough to watch. Tough to watch the first half. I just, I, I, I felt like the game could certainly go, have gone either way at that point, depending on who showed, who uh, showed up in the second half. Um, yeah. How about on offense, yeah. Keith? It seemed like it took us a while to get going. Well, it took us a, lot, a while to get going because the team actually tried to run the ball and couldn't. Um. You know, Tennessee made a point of stopping the run. They got guy, extra guys up in there. They were reading what Seattle wanted to do. They were um, blowing up plays. They the were making field. it hard uh, on the Seahawks, and and they were. But Seahawks continued to try and establish the run instead of going away from it, like they had in, um, you know, most of the rest of the season when it didn't work right away. And I kind of don't mind that they tried to stick with it because this is a team that needs to run the ball, and eventually things opened up for them, not necessarily in the running game, but everything else. And, and it worked and they got enough done. Um, I don't want to see them make that adjustment too quickly and go away from the run. Um, overall, I just, I like, you know, what that they tried. Uh, I wish yeah, they would have done sure. it better, but that's a yeah. tough defensive front to try and run against. Um, I will say there were a couple of things in here where, and I don't know if Gino has this level of control and the coaches will say he does, but whether or not that's true or not, but you know, like when the CX got down um, inside the red zone, um, they had 
one-on-one DK uh, on the left side. No safety help. Safety had 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 come down in on a tight end or on, in the slot, and they knew they had that, and Seattle ran the ball up the middle. Um, and I'm like, you get that, you get one-on-one there, you got to take advantage of that. And on the final um, touchdown, they had that on first down, they had that at second down, they ran it on both of those, and then they ended up with it again on third down, but without instead of DK over there, it was Parkinson, and Parkinson got the ball and scored a touchdown. Um, they do you had think that, that look. That's do, the look do you, that you want. Do you think that, well, yes. Do you think, though, with that amount of time left on the clock, that was part of the equation, and they went ahead and ran the ball? Twice. The same play, ticket Charbonnet. And the first I mean, play was successful. They gained three yards. The second play got blown up. And yeah. he couldn't even get out of the out of his own backfield and, and lost three yards. And see, that's to me, that's that's like if you are giving yourself one shot at the end zone, okay, you're really giving yourself two because you're gonna go for it on fourth down. But uh you've got that look, you should take it. You know what I mean? Like on the first one, okay, you're gonna run the ball. Um, it was successful. They got three yards, they got himself down to the one and a half yard line cool um made tennessee burn a timeout fine but you get that second um second look again and where you've got one-on-one to dk and you you're not going to take it you're going to hand it off for a three-yard loss like that man that was that was frustrating to see and it wasn't just that serious because that was at the end of the game but look at the um the first trip down into the red zone um when they ended up getting the field goal it was really similar. They had uh, that look where they get DK one-on-one at the top and just didn't use it. They ran the ball and it didn't go anywhere and they ended up not getting a touchdown. So um, I'd like to see Gino do a better job of recognizing that and, and audibly into the right play there. Um, I felt like he did that a lot last year. And he hasn't this year, and that's one yeah, of the things pre, that's been frustrating. Pre-snap reads to me have been one of the, his regression points this year, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just from defenses having more film on Gino and and disguising and doing a, a few different more things at the line of scrimmage that made it made, makes it more difficult for him. Uh, had some good news uh, to pass along: the Minnesota Vikings did end up falling to the Detroit Lions um, in the first game of the. Um, uh, the day, uh, 30 to 24. So that puts Seattle at eight and seven as the seventh seed, um, heading out of this weekend, um, uh, with controlling their own destiny at this point, Keith. Yep. The Rams, um, beat the saints, um, on Thursday, 30 to 22. So they maintain that spot above Seattle. Um, is anybody going to win the NFC South? <laughs> that's funny or, or is somebody going to win with a with a uh, losing record yeah because um, nobody in that division seems to want to make the playoffs um, yeah. although the Falcons did beat the Colts today to get to 8 and 7 um, yeah Which whoever wins that division is going to get either Dallas or, or Philly in the first round of the playoffs. That's a gimme. So maybe that's why they don't For want one of those to win because it doesn't matter. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so next week we head to, or we, uh, Pittsburgh heads to, uh, uh, Lumen field. Um, looks like we're going to get Kenny Pickett. There's a team that, that is discombobulating a little bit on defense. I like our chances to get right on our offensive side of the ball and score and run and throw against them. And we'll see what happens to our defense. My confidence level for the offense is rising only because of these last, uh, you know, two minute drive, uh, offenses to win games in these last couple of weeks, which is really kind of emboldening. But our defense leaves me wondering if we can do anything to stop anybody, um, you know, down the stretch or in the playoffs. So be very interested to see. No, they've given up 17 points each the last two games. That's true, Keith. I mean, that is true. We're bending and not not completely breaking. I get that, but it does seem like they're not relying we're getting on getting beat at the line of goal scrimmage. line fumbles and missed field goals to keep teams down too. So, yeah, I'd like to be able to see us build a lead. <laughs> I'd like to see us build a lead and then hold the that lead and win a game. By 10 plus points. I I just, I would like to see that. I would like to feel that. I don't even know what that's like. It's like. Well, you've but, been here for like, what is it? 12 years of Pete Carroll now. Um, can't win. Can't win in the first quarter. Can't win in the second quarter. Can't win in the third quarter. Can you win in the fourth quarter? Yeah, you can. I mean. You can, yeah. you may not be able to I win in it. the first quarter, but you can lose in the first quarter. And yeah. And that's I, what this I, game I, felt I like. That, like people who are, who say that and it's like all over Twitter. I'm like, you can lose in the first quarter because you can get down, you know, 28 to nothing in the first quarter. It certainly quarter takes you over. out of your game plan. You can get taken out of your game plan in the first quarter by going down 17 points or 14 points. Your run game goes out the window. It, you know, it just, it makes everything hard. It makes everything harder. And that's kind of what it feels like to be a Seahawk fan right now. It just feels hard hard it's like there's no easy path here um so you i'd love, right I'd now, love to be able to be is, a more it's, it's been that way for you know 12 it, it plus is, years of it's Carol. been that way but there are certain iterations of, of rosters that are better at that than others <laughs> and it seems like right now the one that we have is 50 50 you know the can can we get it done it seems like we we do and then it happens and everyone's you know, breathes a sigh of relief. You know, I was looking at Twitter in the third, uh, the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, and heads were rolling. Pete Carroll was fired. Shane Waldron was on a stake. Uh, Geno Smith was long gone to another team. Um, you know, we were the worst team in the NFL. We had the horrible game plan. We were going to lose. Might as well just lose because we aren't going anywhere in the playoffs. I mean, on and on and on. It was saturated. It was like ooey gooey, bad. Yeah, Twitter is mojo. such. Twitter is such a terrible um, <laughs> echo it chamber. Is. It you is. Get, you get a, there's a few guys that have been <laughs> pounding the table for Pete Carroll to be fired since like 2014. Uh, yeah. And it's just become an echo chamber of terrible. Yeah. And um, there's so much confirmation <laughs> bias and everything. The fact that the, yeah. this team is going to, or won that game, is now back in, in playoff position, um, and a week ago beat 
a team that is considered to be, you know, top three, the number the two or the number three team in the NFC. Yeah. Right. They're not going to do anything in the playoffs except for beat every team, but San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> like where I, I, I just, I'm not, I just but can't still, get you have to be. Perspe- I just don't you, feel have, it. you do have to have perspective. I get that. You do have to have perspective, though. We are eight and seven. We're only one game above five hundred. We're we are what we are. Are we slightly better than that potentially? Yeah. Okay. We could have won the Dallas game. We could have won a couple other games. We could have also lost a few other ones. So, um, including this one. And so you just kind of. We are who we are. I think that. The, the larger point is, though, we could end up winning four games going into the playoffs. So you'd mentioned it in the last show that you'd rather be that team than backing in. You'd rather be the team that's getting hot. You'd rather be the team that nobody wants to face because Gino's, you know, won games at the, at the end of games, um, put the team on his shoulders. Anytime you face a quarterback that can do that, that's a challenge to any team. And you just got to have to figure it all out now. In the NFL, Pete will say, a win's a win. It, it, it's hard to win in the NFL, and it mm-hmm. certainly is. And this showed it, really. Tennessee showed up. They're well coached. They got a lot of pride. They played a, a good game. They had a good strategy. Um, yeah, but we prevailed. So there it is. Yeah, the Rebels done a great job coaching that team. Um, and with, limited, with limited tools to work with. Yeah, he. I mean... The roster construction has been problematic his entire and time injuries had decimated that offensive line too. Yeah. yeah, injuries as well. But overall, I mean, like I, it's a well coached team, um, and I wasn't sure when he was hired because I get it. He was a name because he had like rings when he was with the Patriots, and he was a you know good linebacker and all of that. But was he a coach? And it felt like he was getting opportunities and moving up the ladder really fit, really quick because of name recognition. But he got there and definitely proved me wrong. He's done done a good job as a coach. All right. Um, what's your overall impression? Like, what's what's next? How do you feel going into the last two games? I feel actually decent going into the last two games. It, this team remains a work in progress, and I think it's going to be that way through the off season. They're a work in progress, but they're continuing to win. They're continuing to do things. And if they can do that, um, get themselves into a playoff into the playoffs, you know, especially doing it, winning four straight going in, nobody's going to want to play them. And, uh, they're going to have a chance to win a couple games. I don't think they make it out of the NFC, but with, with a, as team that's as young as this one, yeah. that may not necessarily be, the expectation, the expectation might be, Hey, we're going to get these guys a couple extra games. We're going to get them some playoff experience. We're going to get them in a situation where a lot more learning happens. So the next year they're better prepared and the lights aren't quite so bright and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Going in, you know, it's the seventh seed or even the sixth seed, you're going to probably end up playing Dallas or uh, the Eagles on the road. And we've already shown that we can hang with those teams and you never know, right? If they can get That's themselves the up for. into the sixth seed instead of the seventh seed, right? Um, even better because, you know, now you're looking at, uh, what, 
playing the Rams again, I would take that. I'd take beating the Rams to move on. So yeah, if the, if the Rams make it, you never you never know. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's but you're getting that's right. kind of where I was going with that. Is it like the Rams are probably going to make it, um, or the Saints, or mm-hmm. or the Buccaneers, right? Because I would rather. I mean, the Lions are another team that's going to um, be there for the number two or number three spot. That's true. Right? So it's going to be the winner of the NFC East we, and the Lions to see who's going to get that number two. Uh, those are the, and those are the two teams that you're playing. Well, they Seahawks beat the Lions. Um, and they beat the Eagles and they almost beat the, um, the Cowboys back before the defense had its more recent, like, you know, get right in terms of guys doing their job right. So I, I take Seattle's chances in in those games. Wow. Interesting. Well, we've got a lot to talk about in the future. I think after this show, we're going to take a few days off for the holidays. We hope everyone has a great uh, Christmas and uh, spending time with family and friends. We're going to do the same. And then we're going to come back at the end of the week and uh, before the Pittsburgh game. And we're going to have a preview of that game for you. So want to make sure you come back and, um, and listen to that. You can find us at Seahawks Playbook Podcast on your favorite podcast platforms as well as our own YouTube channel. And when you get there, hit the subscribe uh, subscribe button and make sure you get us into your feed on a weekly basis. We've got a couple of shows a week, uh, sometimes three, and I'd love to have you join us for the ride. We've been around for a while. We're uh, approaching our eighth season beginning in February, and we're over 400, I think, what, 500. We're over 525 episodes now, um, which is uh, uh, remarkable. And, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. So thanks, Keith. Appreciate the conversation. Glad we won. So, uh, until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.